0: Hey, it's your returning pal, Will, a.k.a. LatDad, and this is 70mm Rejected, a podcast for 70mm fans just like you. With me today, but not always, is some guy, gal, non-binary pal I know from the internet, Josh. Hello. And introducing our other internet friend and real Latino, Ismail.
1: Hey, uh, I work in computer science, and my wife made me promise that I would not fall in love with my computer. So this movie, you know, kind of bringing back some some demons you know, for, for, for my wife.
0: Did you stick to your word? Have you ever fallen in love with a computer?
1: I mean, uh, time will tell, they say. (laughs) Well,
0: every episode is selected from one of the many movies that 70 Millimeter has thrown into the trash heap, but we've managed to pull it out before it got too funky.
1: Yeah, and this week we are continuing through the Valentine's Day bracket from 2021 for our fourth, but certainly not our last, movie from that vote. Uh, We'll be covering Spike Jonze's 2013 AI love story, Her, which lost to Romeo and Juliet.
2: And as always, we talk a bit about our thoughts on the movie and read the Village's reviews live on air. But first, we start with our Village update. Will, over to you.
0: Oh, yeah. Thanks, Josh. So this week, the big news that is exclusive to 71 We Were Rejected is that we have the VHS Village Awards nominees uh, finalized. Uh, so that we'll be sharing that list shortly. But looking over the categories, we have score, writing, editing cinematography and directing and i will say from the start there's a lot of overlap between these uh between all of the nominees but some pretty exciting stuff does anything stand out to you guys as maybe a a dark horse of the vhs village nominees
2: i'm looking at this score lineup uh the oscars could never (laughs) this is like infinitely better than the oscars lineup honestly all of these
0: are infinitely better than the oscars yes, across the spider-verse not nominated for an oscar but yeah across the snubber exactly uh, or
1: something like that i don't know still workshopping that one but gosh yes across the spider-verse definitely being left out of the all oscar talk other than animation respect animation yeah. you know the medium not the genre gosh uh some good stuff here you know as the resident real latino here uh, kind of bummed that there's no Latin American things, you know. Uh, especially uh, um, when where evil lurks. Oof, Oof when evil lurks. What a movie that came out in 2023. But you know, uh, from the directing nominees, uh, I'm really glad that we got Greta Gerwig in there. You know, <laughs> uh, so that that's always great. Uh, but we're missing an Adamina Falls. Uh, Justine Tree. Um, but we do have Wes Anderson. A lot of Wes Anderson heads in the VHS Village is what I'm seeing. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. very true. Yeah. Well, and uh, one thing that's standing out, we got Maestro snuck in there for cinematography. So we'll see. Sorry, see that beloved movie. Maestro yeah. makes me laugh every time I think about it. I don't want to. I don't want to influence
1: the vote or anything. But I was. I was there tabulating the votes. You know, making sure that everyone's uh, voice is being counted. And there's a reason why cinematography uh, has six nominees rather than five. Um, you know, anytime there's six instead of five, it's because there were ties. And okay. um, was Maestro a tie at the very end? Who knows. You know, yeah, uh, I, I who and... am I to say what, what's happening? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's cool to see the killer in there for editing. It didn't get a whole lot of Oscar love, but glad to oh, see yeah. the killer there. For mm, not editing. at all, I think. Not, right? yeah.
2: yeah, that editing in the yeah. movies so slick. I love it. Uh,
1: I, the only thing that I'm really pulling forward, like in in the this whole race, out of all categories, is absolutely 100 percent in the score for poor things because the poor thing score is immaculate. I mean, those. Oh man. That modulation of of, of the of the notes, uh, it's just it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's totally unique. Uh no one else has something like that. You know, everyone else just has like orchestral stuff. Orchestra's cool, man. Or orchestra's great. But whoo, that poor thing score. Something something to marvel at.
2: It's so tough for me to pick a favorite of these five nominees because I think all five of these scores are just like next level. Yeah. I think
1: that Kills of the Flower Moon score God, too. That one's amazing. Incredible.
2: I think I have to say Spider Verse is my favorite. It might be because I've been listening to it since June. Wow. Wow. And I'm just like constantly looping it. It's so. It's great. hard to
0: beat that final, the start of band at the very end. It's pretty hard to beat. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. But
2: Boy and the Heron, oh, I love the incredible. Boy and the Heron love across the board. That that picture nomination is everything to me.
1: Mm, mm, mm. It's yeah. incredible. Any movies that you wish were nominated for Best Picture? I'm shocked. No Anatomy of a
0: Fall. It's in there for writing, but yeah. Besides, oh, I know,
1: huge for writing, but yeah. other than that, yeah, no Best Picture nomination. Editing yeah. for Mission
0: Impossible maybe been pretty cool. Anything else? But besides, that, I, I'm I've mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but I, I did not see a ton of 2023 movies this past year, so I'm still playing mm-hmm. catch up big time. So like I still haven't yeah. seen past lives still haven't seen anatomy of a fall still have not seen poor things so Oof. got some some work to Have
1: you seen Blackberry? No, I haven't. <laughs> Blackberry. <laughs> it's pretty fun, Oh, though. man. What a yeah. movie, dude. Blackberry's good. <laughs> Real fun movie, dude. I I
0: saw Air. I enjoyed oh, Air, Air was fun, yeah.
1: Air was vibe, cool. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Matt Damon doing his thing, you know. Look, if we had an, if we had an acting category,
2: Glenn Howerton for Blackberry, Woo. easy.
1: What a a performance. What a performance. Yeah. And uh, for those of you listening, you may not have seen any zone of interest love. And I know that a lot of people are going to say, where's zone of interest? Mm. Where's zone of interest? Listen, it's it's me. me. I'm I'm the one. It is not our fault that zone of interest did not come out until like mid-January when we were doing all these voting. It's not our fault, dude. It's not our fault. No one has seen it yet. And we needed a deadline and we had to stick to it. Unless the zone of interest starts giving 70 millimeter rejected some screeners. Oh, we're not going to be able to, to, to add them to it. I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of zone of interest, uh, I won't share it cause it's a little, little NSFW, but, uh, <laughs> listeners should check out Nolan's review of zone of interest from, I think today february 6th oh yeah. uh, it was quite quite a theater experience that he shared so <laughs> check out nolan's review for zone of interest for a riveting read yeah. anything else about the nominees before we continue on no i love these everyone
1: go check out cuando se Echa la maldad uh where, where uh, when evil lurks okay uh, check it out on shutter
0: yeah <laughs> check out all of these these are amazing yeah. So those are the nominees. We'll share those full lists um, shortly. Um, but then moving on to any other VHS village updates. Um, so we're recording this episode not too long after the 500 days of summer episode, which will have dropped by the time you're listening to this. But because of that, we, there's not been a ton of time since the last VHS village update and today. And so we were thinking about adding maybe a new segment from time to time, not necessarily every week, depending on the host, but taking a couple minutes to just Describe how we found 70 millimeter, what led us to find the show and join the Discord and kind of what our experience has been like and how long we've been here, that sort of thing. Um so does anybody want to open us up? Tell us kind of how you found 70 millimeter and how long you've been a part of the village, that sort of thing.
1: Let's go with whoever is the newest on here. Newest, and then go back okay. to the whoever's the the most veteran. So I think Josh, you're probably the newest. I think it's right? definitely me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
2: definitely the newest. So I I joined around the opening night, oh. Smoking and the Bandit time frame. I think my first live chat was Smokey and the Bandit. That was my first time in Discord. But I'd been listening to the show for a, a good while, because I remember I'd listened to the Letterboxd show pretty often, and that's probably going to be a common thread with a lot of people, is they mm-hmm. heard Slim on the Letterboxd show and just <laughs> poured it over. But I remember very vividly, I had a really long drive. I had like a two, three hour drive, which I don't drive that often so that's a lot for me and i was like i need some podcasts i need, I need something and i had just seen this movie that i adored and i was like i, I need to hear about this so I, I go on spotify and i look up after yang one of the top results was danny's art and i was just like oh my gosh we're gonna go ahead and click danny's that. danny's art
1: does it again i it didn't even <laughs> yeah. click
2: to me that it was 70 millimeter or that i'd like heard of it from Letterboxd. show it was just like that and then I listened to the After Yang episode, and I fell in love. Proto talked about <laughs> hemp tunics. I remember that very vividly. I remember After Bang being oh, a thing. Man, uh, After yeah. Months later, I kept scrolling through Discord trying to find the After Bang picture, <laughs> and I couldn't find it. I think it's an no, emoji right I think, now. I think Paul made yeah. it. Okay, well, there you go. I need like the original picture. Yeah. I need it. It's so... <laughs> I love it. I think that was my first, and then I, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of dove into the backlog from there. Pretty quickly, I was just like, yeah, no, I kind of need to get in here. This is a community that I, I should be a part of. And it's one of the best things that I've done in a Sick. while. I love it.
1: I joined in, I think, like March 1st or 2nd of 2021. And um, the whole reason behind it is because uh i was just scrolling through twitter or twitter at the time you know i, I honestly i don't even use twitter like it was one of the r- like rare times that i was actually using it at all and then uh i see danny's art for one of my favorite movies of all time uh natural Libre, and i thought oh my gosh this print is outstanding like i i i hadn't first of all i've never seen anyone just give natural Libre the love it deserves you know what i mean like it's truly one of the best movies of all time. In fact, Natural Libre is the episode right after Romeo and Juliet, which is uh, you know, where famously her lost <laughs> yeah, lost yeah. So like uh um you know, I I saw the Natural Libre print and then I would I just went straight to the store. I didn't even know that it was about this podcast. I didn't know any of that stuff. I was 100% focused on Danny's art for Natural Libre. I went to the store. When I was like starting to look to see to buy it, I just clicked on the Natural Libre episode to start listening to it. And then they said, like, oh, you could use a a discount code if you join the Discord. I did the math; it made more financial sense to sign up to the Discord, <laughs> get the discount, and get the print than to just get the print full price. So I thought, you know what? I'll just sign up for one month, and that's all I need, because all I need is this natural liberty art. That's it. I signed up, uh, and then I joined the Discord, and I just started having a lot of fun talking to people. You know, I, it was a, like when I was starting to get into uh more like serious movie uh stuff oh actually mm-hmm. it had been a year since i got like seriously into movie watching and it was just talking to a lot of people that were into movies and that was really fun and so um i stayed for a bit longer than i thought and then they said okay next week's live recording is malcolm x and i was like oh man i remember watching malcolm x before uh let me rewatch it it was a great movie and i stayed And I said, okay, I'll stay for one more week. Uh, And then they said, okay, next week is Apocalypse Now. And I was like, oh, gosh, they're they're turning up the heat. And so I stayed for another week. And then uh, they said next week is Metropolis. I was like, oh, gosh, Metropolis. I've been meaning to watch that for the longest. Stayed for another week. And by that time, I was already there for another month. I did the next payment. And I haven't stopped paying since,
0: you know. That's really funny. Love that story. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: It, they just they just they just had great, great episodes back to back to back. It, it was so great. Yeah. And uh yeah, I just stayed on for the ride. And um I was actually part of also the um the famous council, village council, where we got to pick a movie to watch uh for the the people to cover and I chose Hot Fuzz. Mm. Oh yeah. That's exactly right, oh, Edgar Wright. Be still my heart. What a one. what a lad. Yeah,
2: I remember that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and uh, so yeah, that's my journey into the uh, Discord for Seven Millimeter. The beaches. So you're Village. coming up
0: on like three years, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, coming up on my three year anniversary. Coming right up. Yeah, but I mean, Will, you've been here like since almost the like the very beginning. How did that go?
0: Yeah, not quite the very beginning. That's happened a lot in my life. I like joined something like six months in, so I'm not quite like an OG. Oh but-
1: wow. Did you have Apple stock when they were uh first first popping up?
0: (laughs) But it was a GameStop one. Yeah, so I looked back, I (laughs) joined the Patreon back in September of twenty twenty, but I've been listening for um a few months before that. So this was at the start of the pandemic, so like March twenty twenty. I was yeah, just looking we had recently gotten a dog and I was taking the dog on lots of walks looking for podcasts to listen to. I'd never been like a huge podcast guy before that, but one that I had stumbled across was uh Casey's podcast, Casey Haas, wife of Danny Haas, uh, she has a oh, podcast called Fun Sexy, sexy Bible, Bible Time. time. And I, so I'm good. a little fuzzy on the how direct the correlation is or how straight line it is between Fun Sexy Bible Time and 70 millimeter. But Danny was on a few episodes. It's been several years since he's been on any episodes, but he was on several episodes Uh, Before I ever knew what 70 millimeter was, Um, I think it was even before 70 millimeter existed that he was on these episodes, but I like at least was, had heard his name, knew who he was, and then somehow found out that he had been doing some art and then fast forward a year or two and I'm looking for movie podcasts. I think in particular Star Wars podcasts, I think Rogue One, the first time around was one of the first or one of the most recent episodes when I stumbled across them. So I think I was just searching for movie podcasts, looking for Star Wars podcasts and uh I saw that and then I saw his name. I was like, wait a second, I think I know who that is. And so that was like the hook that got me in. Mm. Um and then I started listening. And then uh a couple months later they do About Time, which is one of my wife and I's favorite movies. Oh. And I sent in a voicemail for that. And after I sent the voicemail, the Patreon had just started, it was just a couple of weeks in. So I wasn't quite a day one patron, but Slim says something like, Hey, you should join Join the village, Join the Patreon after, uh, after I sent in that voicemail and I was like, sure. And so I signed up and been around ever since. So yeah, a little mm. over three years now, three and a half years almost. That
2: Voicemails ringing a bell. Like you saying that it's yeah, like, I go
0: back to the about time
2: from when I was diving into the backlog, like forever ago, <laughs> I'm it's clicking and about times. One of my favorites. Too. Yeah. That's a great it. one.
0: So, and yeah, it's like a movie I never would have expected, uh, like three dudes on a podcast to talk about, but it was great.
1: <laughs> maybe it's about time that I watch about time. Gosh, it's good. Never, never seen that one. It's very one. good.
0: Maybe it's
2: about time. I watch Nacho Libre. Oh,
0: you g- not seen it? Josh, we're pivoting right <laughs> now. Oh God. <laughs> Anyways, Listen,
2: yeah. I, let's, we can make a deal right now. I will watch Nacho Libre. If you watch about let's time. Let's do it. I think let's that's a, a good deal. <laughs> that's a
0: win-win. Done
1: deal. Done deal.
0: So yeah, we'll try to do those recaps from time to time, especially when we have new hosts, so we can share kind of an oral history of VHS village and the, villagers who uh, compose it but i think it's about time for us to move into our discussion for this week's movie so ismail what are we working with this week Ooh,
1: this week this week we are covering her a spike jones love story so the synopsis is as follows from letterbox in the not so distant future theodore a lonely writer purchases a newly developed operating system designed to meet the users every needs to theodore's surprise a romantic relationship develops between him and his operating system. This unconventional love story blends science fiction and romance in a sweet tale that explores the nature of love and the ways that technology isolates and connects us all. This is Her, 2013. First of all what a movie i mean what like what a I I know that everyone and every filmmaker across uh the decades is talking about technology what's going on with technology um i mean very recently 70 millimeter did an ex machina episode also what's up with technology sort of movie so um so what's up with technology with this movie josh do you have any thoughts on her
2: her is so tough for me to talk about but We're going to start at the beginning. I I remember when I first saw this movie. I kind of, I remember just like hearing about it for a while and being like, no, that's the weird guy falls in love with this computer movie, which now if someone pitched me guy falls in love with this computer, I would be like, sign me up. This is going to be the greatest movie of all time. But back then I'm like, that's weird. So I I sit down and watch this movie and I had like seen plenty of quote unquote weird stuff. I would say like Kaufman, Spike Mm -hmm. Jones stuff i think i'd seen eternal sunshine a- and i was kind of not expecting to like this at all yeah. and i i just went back to check what i wrote about it when i first watched it back in december of 2021 and uh i didn't write anything and then i re- I-, I thought why did i not write anything and then I was like, no i remember it's because i was having like a sobbing like histrionic yeah. fit after i finished it the first time this movie like I've I've seen it four or five times now, and I wow. like, I can't not cry watching it. There's something about it that just like reaches a, a really deep part of my soul and, and pulls something kind of primal out. I don't, I don't know.
0: I love it so
1: much. Will, do you cry alongside Josh when, when you're watching her?
0: I did not. So I watched it for the first time. Uh, I had not seen it up until this week.
1: Oh, wow. First time watch.
0: Yeah. So I think... When it came out back in 2013, it was kind of right as I was becoming more, slightly more aware of movies outside of the mainstream. Like I said, I still didn't see it, but I was at least aware of it. And so I was always kind of like, you gotta, you gotta know a little bit more about movies to be familiar with Spike Jones and Sofia Coppola and kind of all these. Slightly off off the mainstream, people.
1: Spike Jones, writer of Jackass, <laughs> one through one through four. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. I love it. That's, that's so right. Much. Starring in Wolf of
0: Wall Street. So yeah, I, I had not seen it until this week, but it's one of those movies like around like 2013 through 2015 when I was like sophomore through senior in high school when I was starting to become aware of like the this larger cinematic culture out there. Oh, wow, I'm not like the biggest Joaquin fan, and I just don't really click with them a ton. So maybe that was one of the reasons that as I got older and I just just never got around to, it It was never super high on my list. But when I had the opportunity to come on to talk about it, it's like, well, might as well check it out. And I was not like emotionally devastated by it, but um, Some super interesting ideas, for sure, especially 10, 11 years later. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I'm kind of in between both of you, where, like, this is not my first watch. This is, like, my third watch that I've ever watched this movie. I watched it for the very first time many years ago. I mean, this movie's a decade old now. When this movie came out, I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, so I was not watching this. But I watched it, like, I think when I was, like, in undergrad. And... I remember liking it, th- thinking it was cool. Uh, but then I rewatched it for my class that I had in my master's, where it was about like, emotions and computers. The idea of is this OS, uh, OS being operating system, is this OS like human or not human, but like sentient? And like what does it mean for it to be sentient? Because, um, you know, I get it. You know, it's just a lot of ones and zeros. That's fine. But like in this situation, it's definitely understanding Theodore's emotions. Uh, seems to very well like show that it has some sort of emotion, whether those emotions are real or not. I guess that's like up to every individual to interpret. But it's something like a question that I kind of still tackle with of like, do computers have emotions? I don't know. Like, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Overall, we'll never know. Like, like the, the scientific answer is that we'll never know just because, you know, unless you are a computer itself, then you'll never be able to verify it. I can see that Will and Josh here, you know, you're all wonderful people and I can like hundred percent buy into the idea that all of you are human and sentient and have emotions. I can, I can buy into that. Whether you buy into whether computers have emotions or not, who knows, who knows? And that's such a crazy question to me. And um, I just love that. I love that. I love that idea. Exploring that idea, trying to find out what's real or not. And, and this movie kind of just puts it all out there without like, hitting you on the head over it. like this one's more focused on the human aspect and like how humans react to these os's and stuff so overall i loved it you know i really liked this movie uh when i very first watched it and i still very much like this movie when i watched it uh, over the past week
0: uh a little bit lower in my estimations than before but yeah really really great stuff yeah definitely super interesting i think one thing that I think stood out to me. And then as I was reading through a bunch of reviews, people pointed out as well, is just the aesthetics of the world. These movies set like in a not super distant future, but just slightly more advanced than what we have now. I think I was thinking of this and then kind of on a much more bleak side, children of men, mm-hmm. two of the most, obviously it's hard to predict the future, but like the most grounded feeling future worlds, just slightly past what we have now, but feels very, um, yeah, attainable and, and very relatable technology that they have and the way that they dress and the way that they interact with their technology with each other so what a movie yeah i thought the world aesthetic of it and the groundedness of it
1: it's not too in your face like this is the future man yeah it's not it's nothing like that and i really like the way that they had like the used colors too like everything just kind of seemed muted like all the colors seemed muted it's not vibrant like a Almodóvar movie or something like everything seemed very kind of like it wants to be vibrant, like, oh, there's a lot of red, a lot of red in this movie, but it's all muted red, even these very supposedly strong colors, kind of muted. That like strange lighting
2: is is really interesting to me, too. It's like I think the way it kind of evolves across the film is really interesting. I think toward the beginning, it feels a lot more muted, and at moments it feels really muted, like the the winter scenes are just so cold. But I always think about the last shot. Where you can start to see like some some glimmers in like windows and in the sky. Mm-hmm. It's just it's 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 not bright. It's not like popping in your face, but it's like you can feel it going somewhere with it. And then we cut to black. If anyone knows me, you know that I'm like obsessed with my Wonkar Car Y.
1: Very very strong Wonkar Car Y yes. vibes with the lighting. Um, <laughs> yeah, like
2: yeah. I mean the way that. The city is shot in this is is very Chungking Express to me. Like it's just all over it, where it's just like, yeah, we can have neon lights, but they're gonna be like blurry and in the background, and we're gonna move past them real quick. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. It adds a a weird flavor to the movie that I like.
1: Do you think like do you think like in, in terms of like the way that we're immersed into this into this like city into like the way that everything looks like? Do you think that we would also be immersed into this story if the voice actor that was used for the OS wasn't Scarlett Johansson. First of all, Scarlett Johansson does a great job. I'm not trying to take her out of the movie, right? But like, I think that all of us know her voice. We all know her face, so we can all kind of subconsciously put a face to that voice, right? But what if they had like hired a relatively like unknown voice actor instead of Scarlett Johansson? And, and let's assume that they they did just as good of a job voice acting wise, right? But we didn't really have a face to it. Do you think that you would have been like buying into this movie the way that Joaquin Phoenix is like falling in love with this faceless OS? Do you think that you you would have bought into it as easily?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because watching it, I think especially like, I mean, it's weird to say the sound design. There's no like distortion to her voice. There's no like, there's no like, it's like he's listening through headphones. It's like she's right there, like right next to him. I'm sure like there's some intentionality to that like it is like she's right there with them it's super pure that decision to like not distort her voice at all or make it sound computerish or whatever i think that's the bigger factor in like making her feel real than necessarily being scarlett johansson you i mean you definitely notice it's her and Mm -hmm. i do think it would be interesting if it was a different voice but i think the way that just that her voice sounds is maybe the biggest factor influencing Mm -hmm.
1: that yeah definitely like naturalistic to of the voice i i think
2: i'm thinking of like the the siri voice And how like there is purposefully no image of a person there. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a disembodied voice and how that feels a little bit uncanny to me at times. Like I kind of refuse to use Siri because it throws me off, makes me (laughs) feel kind of uncomfortable. I I don't know. I don't like it. But the fact that 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 is Scarlett Johansson, and I can tell you for a fact while I'm watching it that it's Scarlett Johansson, (laughs) it's not that I'm trying to get lost in it. It's that I kind of do want that thing to hold on to. I think I'm I'm kind of with you here. If someone else had done it, I'd be intrigued to see that performance, but or I guess hear that performance. But I'd, I don't know if it would work as well. That's a really interesting point, though.
0: Definitely, were times again. As like I mentioned, this is the first time for me to see it, so I did not know what to expect. But there were times where I was almost expecting like a dream sequence where you would like see her physical appearance thinking that was a possibility if I didn't know it was such a big name as Scarlett Johansson. So mm. yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm kind of in between both of you. Like, I think that having Scarlett Johansson be there is kind of like a huge plus just because people have that like predisposed knowledge of Scarlett yeah. Johansson. I'd be really interested to see like, someone that has no idea who Scarlett Johansson is but that's going to be really tough <laughs> to find that person, right? Yeah, to come in and watch this movie fresh to see how that like plays out. People know Scarlett Johansson, they have like I know that when I was listening to to her performance, you could kind of like see her face with it too, you know? Like I 100% think that it's mainly just the fact that this operating system has such a naturalistic voice and speech patterns Specifically speech pattern. Even if it had a different tone of voice, as long as it sounds like someone would talk, then people buy into it.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's also like the kind of meta side of things with the connections between this movie and Lost in Translation with Scarlett Johansson and like kind of having some similar ideas. Plus the connection between Sofia Coppola and Spike jones they are married for a while. Oh, yeah. That kind of meta side of things adds some. Depth and complexity outside of the movie itself. Speaking of actresses in this movie, I want to give Amy Adams a shout out. Anytime I have the chance to give her the shine, I always love Amy Adams. Oh, she's wonderful. And I think she's super great in this movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know you said you're not obsessed with Walking. Yeah. Here.
0: What do you What do you think of him here? Because this is.
2: I feel like this is a love it or hate it performance for me. I wouldn't
0: say I'm on the hate it side, but saying he grinds my gears is maybe harsh. And it, he doesn't grind my gears, but I just don't really <laughs> buy with him all the time. So I, I can't think of a ton of performances where I'm like. All in on Joaquin. So have you seen Napoleon yet? I've not seen Napoleon yet. It's a big swing. (laughs) Yeah, nothing against him. He's an amazing actor in his own right. It's just not one that I've super vibed with a ton. So, I mean, he is obviously a great actor in this movie. I would say like me connecting with him is there's maybe a little bit of a gap through no fault of his own, just kind of the way that I see things. So and I think I was always kind of on edge for him to like take a step and get weirder than he does Mm -hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Because I'm so used to him kind of being super out there. With his movies, yeah, and so I think maybe I was kind of had the apprehension kind of throughout the whole thing, just waiting for him to go off the deep end. Yeah, that's just kind of where I am on Joaquin.
1: I thought he did a good for job. sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I thought, I thought, I uh, thought, yeah, I thought it was sick. He doesn't like explode anywhere, you know. I think that's a the Joaquin explosion is usually like his trademark, but I really like the way that he delivered a lot of the lines across the movies. So at least the message that I come of of like, do you buy into this operating system being like sentient or not? Because at the very very beginning. When Joaquin is, or Theodore, I should say, like is talking to the OS for the first time, he like straight up calls you weird. You wouldn't really do that to a person that you just meet, right? Like you don't say, "Uh, you sound weird." What? What the heck? So like obviously he's not buying into this operating system having feelings just yet, right? But then later on in the movie, he's way more involved in talking to this operating system, talking to it like a like a real person, right? it's asking like oh wh- wh- how are you feeling or like uh when the operating system leaves for a while it says like oh i just need some time at the, by the end of the movie Joaquin i think really sells it that like he's really in love with this with this uh, operating system and uh i think it's i think it's really really well done but yeah also amy adams i mean what a what a great what a great performance um her documentary about dreams i would watch that was that, a, that was that was, yeah. that was wild absolutely eight hours of someone sleeping you know like <laughs> and it was really well juxtaposed to with like you know dreams are where we're most free but then like Joaquin phoenix when he's dreaming you know he's like trapped with the dreams of his ex-wife and like the life that he used to have and that was pretty cool i have a question for y'all whether we believe that computers have these real emotions or not theodore Ends up really feeling these real emotions because of the operating system. So does Amy Adams's character, right? Like they really truly feel connected to these systems. Whether you think the system has emotions or not, that's out of the question. Let's just focus on the person. Is this an overall net positive for humanity? For for Theodore's character specifically, to like kind of grow as a human, as a person, even though it was through a virtual connection.
2: Your thoughts? I I think. A lot of my read of the movie kind of shadows my answer here. Right. Because I think this is such a deeply queer love story Mm. that, like, my read of the movie is that, like, growing with a partner that's, I mean, non-gender conforming, we can argue what, like, the first question that she asks him is, what gender do you want me to be? Things like that, like, Mm -hmm. is that the same type of growth as with a partner of the same sex or something and mm-hmm. as a queer person i would love for that answer to be yes and the answer is yes so it's just like i think theodore growing is is a positive and maybe society becoming really reliant on ai is a negative but i think there are steps forward right to a future that is kind of inevitable that i don't know if we can really prevent so at mm. a certain point you kind of do just accept that and say no,
1: this is still love. And Will, what about you? Do you think that this is like a net positive for humanity, Th- this operating system?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely very like apprehensive of, I think, AI as a whole. So I'm an English teacher. So mm. outside of the academic ramifications of like writing papers and stuff, just more of a replacement for human connection. I don't know. I'm, I'm always going to kind of have some red flags there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, mean, I think this movie does a has an interesting portrayal of like and we always hear that like AI is a tool. It's not like the end in and of itself. This AI almost does function as a tool to kind of push Joaquin kind of back into the real world, um, especially kind of in the end with his connection with Amy Adams. So I think in this particular case, yeah, it's a, a net, net positive mm-hmm. because it allows him to direct those emotions into the real world.
1: Do you think it's because there was like a beginning, middle and end where like where the operating systems, they leave now. Theodore has no choice, but to go back into like the human connectivity of it all. But he did grow as a, like as a person by like trying to connect to his own emotions.
0: For sure. And I'm curious too, like when Samantha leaves, she talks about like, maybe you'll be ready one day. So I'm curious, like what, what do you think, Joaquin being ready Mm -hmm. would look like. Like this fast forward this story, five years. Right, right, right. What do you think that looks like? This is just hypothetical. I've got no idea.
1: I guess him being ready, just like being sure with himself, knowing like the things that he wants and being able to vocalize his emotions with other people without like it's kind of like trapping himself into his own ideas and emotions, wasn't really being as communicative, as communicative as he should be, or like owning up to the things that he he like knows that he wants or that other people can see that he wants that he doesn't accept uh kind of like uh like the uh interaction that he has with rooney mara with uh catherine like his his ex-wife like she she tells him like point blank like i know what you want and this is what you want and he's like no no that's not what i want and like maybe that is what he wants and like he he just needs to be more honest with himself either that or Mm -hmm. just like do some more soul searching with himself as to like why do other people see me this way like what what am i putting out there that makes other people think that i want this so being ready in in that sense is just like being more emotionally sure of yourself which is not an easy thing to do uh, that's what i think it is but in terms of like brain power ready i don't think he'll ever be ready i mean that os was talking to like 600 was falling in love with 600 of those people or something like yeah, that
0: Yeah, should i talk into a couple thousand and fell in love with 600 or something yeah,
1: yeah that's wild you know like there, like there's absolutely no way that one person could ever have that many intense connections with other people That is just out of the question. I'm sorry. Samantha, that's asking too much of Joaquin. But in terms of emotionality, that's what I think. Josh, any any thoughts on that?
2: I don't know what to add. I mean, that that was beautiful. To sum up my thoughts, I think it's being ready really for any relationship, but especially something as like next level as something like this is you have to love yourself first. I think that's the most important thing because if... If I'm getting in any relationship and I'm trying to love someone else, that doesn't really work if I'm constantly overthinking everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, if, and that's something Theodore doesn't really get until, honestly, I would say that last shot where it feels like he can finally breathe mm-hmm. and think for a bit about himself. And five years, 10 years from now, may- maybe mm. he'll get to the point where he can love himself, maybe some therapy. Right. But, that's
0: kind of where I'm at. Well, any f- final thoughts?
1: I have a couple points. I thought it was pretty point blank that not only is like artificial intelligence taking out the humanity of things, but in this world, you know, it's already kind of detached from humanity. Yeah. If you're asking someone else to write heartwarming meaning letters for you, it's kind of like, that's like the same thing as just ChatGPT. Just tell others, tell someone else to do it for you, right? Yeah. That's kind of, it's kind of sad, yeah. right? Like, like at this point, Joaquin Phoenix, his character is the chat GPT for someone else. Here's some information. Give me something back. That's like sweet and cute.
0: Well, and it's not even like one step. It's just like have AI write this for me and then I'll scribble it out. Right. And it's like, no, you scribble it. You you do do everything,
1: right? You, you write, you conceive it, you write it, you send it all that. Like all I'm going to do is give you data, right? Give you all the information. Here's like photos. Here's some anecdotes, things like that. It's just Can you read this movie as Joaquin Phoenix is already a computer? Who knows? Who knows? Is Joaquin Phoenix the first level of artificial intelligence? I thought it was pretty funny that he's, like, skipping all the important news articles. But as soon as, like, some salacious pregnancy photos, he's like, let me check this out. In the subway? Dog. (laughs) Come on. This is the
2: Apple Vision Pro on the subway.
1: At least save it for later. Another uh, One of the the last things I have here is, like, uh, when he's on that date with Olivia Wilde and um, he says, like, something, like, very personal about her. And she's like, Oh, did you look that up? That's so sweet. You're so romantic. I was like, what the heck, dude? What's going on here? Yeah. If I was in that date and I was Olivia Wilde, I'd be out of there immediately. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a little a little too creepy for me. My last two things are when Chris Pratt says, I wish somebody would love me like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chris Pratt.
0: Poor dude. He definitely it was very much this is very much like height of Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt. Yes. He definitely felt very different than he does now. Yeah. Yeah. Not I mean, not making a value statement of that, but just like he, he felt a lot like Andy Bernard. Right, yeah. Star-Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or Garfield. <laughs>
1: <laughs> coming coming soon. Mario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And so the last point I have is it's interesting to see how this movie looks at the idea of, like, codependence uh, instead of uh, Joaquin Phoenix being, like, an individual independent person who's in a relationship with another individual independent person or computer. Yeah, this whole idea of codependence, I thought was really really interesting so josh do you have anything
2: i don't have too much the brian cox jump scare toward the end oh yeah every single time it catches me off guard yeah i'm like logan roy please (laughs) get out of here it scares me every time (laughs) and i love the the game that amy adams makes
0: oh yeah the mom it's so stupid but i love it
2: (laughs) and also the uh and wig and bill Hader cameos every time like, especially the
0: Kristen Wiig one.
1: Oh, she was the voice, <laughs> right? so stupid. Yeah, the cat yeah. person. <laughs>
0: what a, what scene. a scene. That's all I got, though. I guess I'll shout out Arcade Fire's score. Oh, yeah. Oh, that. yeah. Else, yeah, super great. But besides that, I think that's all I got for her. All right, so should we move into some vhs villager reviews got a few picked out here i can start us off with jay Whale's review from july 2021 it says no one would ever fall in love with an operating system looks at weekly screen time average <laughs> uh jokes aside love this movie story design and music all fit so perfectly together thanks pixel i guess that means this was a Letterbox roulette pick it was. and um, he gave it four stars so that's from jay Whale.
1: Shout out to Letterboxd Roulette, by the way. Yeah,
0: that's your that's your baby.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it was Ty's baby first. And that's then true. I just took it over, you know, with my bi-weekly spins. But man, that roulette, what a roulette pick. Next up, we have Danny Jarivek. Danny writes, Alexa, this could be us, but you playing. Great, great opening, great opening line for this review. They continue. I've listened to the soundtrack since then more times than I can count. Uh, this one brings me breaks me in the best possible way again and again. The chemistry between Amy Adams and Joaquin is beautiful and soul-crushing all at the same time. Something about its visual beauty and sci-fi romance genre blend just perfectly harmonizes fantasy and reality.
2: Absolutely. Thank
1: you, Spike Jones, for this masterpiece. And that's a five-star review from Danny. Yeah,
2: I mean, that that sums up all of my thoughts right there. Including the Alexa part. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we've got uh, a five-star review from Joe Jazzy probably the only movie chris pratt is in that i'll ever give five stars <laughs> trying to think if there's Moneyball, not Lego and movie stuff. and LEGO that's the movie, only the other one stuff.
1: yeah so how did how did romeo and juliet even beat her you know what i mean i mean i guess we'll never know but i think uh maybe mr decaps little leo
0: you know? Yeah, that's true, but it's a villager vote, anything is possible, and it leaves us more amazing movies to cover, including next week's pick, Josh, what are we covering next time? Next time, tune
2: in for Kirby's triumphant return to 70MM Rejected, as they and Will welcome special guest Yoli from the Spaghetti and Freddy podcast for Tony Scott and Quentin Tarantino's True Ooh. Romance. I'm so
0: excited. What
1: a freaking movie and what a freaking special guest yoli oh my gosh yoli fantastic can't wait to listen in so as always you can send us feedback over at 70 rejected at or uh just come let us know uh how we're doing in the discord adios
0: 70 millimeter rejected is an opossum production original artwork by paul Kinda original music by Dave with an assist from 70mm. The 70mm rejected team includes Kirby, Latdad, Dime, Paul, RWT Chats, Bex, Grogu Dave, Josh, Nolan, Yo Ev, Ron, Trainer, and Ben C. If you'd like to join us in the silliness, ping one of us in Discord. And if you'd like to support our friends at 70mm and upgrade to villager status, you can do so using the links in the notes. Goodbye.
2: This is an opossum's podcast. I love the little guy in the video game. He's so funny.